0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Little Bean Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Little Bean Pod. I am your host, Sabrina. I hope everyone had a lovely few weeks, a nice Valentine's Day, a good long weekend if you're in Canada. I've been busy. I've been busy. My husband's birthday happens to also be on Valentine's Day, so we celebrated him. And then my daughter turned three years old the very next day. Ugh, she's three. That's just absolutely mind-blowing. I got a balloon kit from Amazon, which I had to do in stages because (laughs) there were so many. So on her birthday, she just played with a whole bunch of loose balloons and loved it. And she kept calling it a party. And I eventually turned all those balloons into like an arch that goes against the wall. And it was super cute. And she had loads of fun. She's in a very cute stage right now where her imagination is just really blossoming. And she's a very girly girl, loves all things unicorns and rainbows and princesses and ballet and Frozen. She is obsessed with Frozen, but it's it's all very cute. So I figured today's episode might be a good opportunity to dive into some parenthood slash motherhood talk that... We will get into shortly, Um, but it did also occur to me while prepping for this episode that it's my third episode and my daughter just turned three and I made this giant balloon arch for her. So I stole the little balloon setup and made it look like I did it all for this episode today. (laughs) i love when the stars align like that so i'm ruining it by saying this but the balloon arch was for her not for the episode but uh it just kind of kind of worked out so that's fun um so i will get into the the meat of the episode soon first i'd like to just give you know a little life update um pop in a couple more random thoughts because they are just asking to be paid attention to so what's been going on I had some family visit this past weekend, which was super nice. It's really lovely to have everyone under the same roof because it doesn't really happen all that frequently. I am not a very great host however I think in my head I feel like I can get myself together and do like a really good job but when push comes to shove I forget how to be hospitable and accommodating (laughs) and this has always been the case Uh, but now with a toddler it's like I truly just don't have the mental capacity to consider like six other people's needs when I can just barely consider my own so That was fun, but it was really nice to visit with uh, family and I hope that they had fun too. I bought a new dish set, which I also got to use this weekend for everybody. Uh, And nobody noticed, thanks guys. (laughs) I've been looking for a new set for like two years because I had a very specific vision for them. There was this one set at Ikea that I quite liked, but they were never in stock. And then, you know, I'm grabbing something at Walmart quickly the other day and I never shop there but I happened to walk past the dishes and I spotted some that grabbed my eye and sadly you can't argue with Walmart prices, so I grabbed them and I've been very happy with them. They're like this light blue pottery style with a really nice glaze that isn't quite exactly the same on each one, which I dig. The cereal bowls have the correct width and depth. I'm very picky about my cereal bowl, which is why it was taking me so long to find a decent set. And then I grabbed a couple more of the shallow bowls for like salads or pasta, and that alone has been pretty game-changing actually. I didn't know I needed a shallow bowl in my life. I never considered it. I always wondered what the purpose of them were, but it was a happy surprise. I do like it. I might need to grab more. Okay, what else? I have moved away from the Starbucks creamer to an oat-based creamer, which has far less calories and next to no sugar. So far, so good. It's not as sweet for obvious reasons, but it still gives my tea the pep that I like, so that's been nice. I'm thinking about experimenting with going gluten-free because I have a lot of bloating issues. But don't worry, my doctor is aware and blood work has been done to rule out anything else. Um, But yeah, I just, that's something I'm considering trying. But I, it's funny because you can literally start at any point to just like not eat gluten. But then it's like, oh, but there's bagels nearby or I should probably finish this box of cereal first. There is just always a reason or an excuse to postpone a diet change. So... (laughs) uh yeah we'll see i'll update if that ever actually happens we have also finally hired a design and build company to do our basement which is currently unfinished and we're just waiting for a designer to be assigned to our project and then we'll hit the ground running so that's pretty fun that was definitely one of the big reasons we bought our current home is that we liked that it had an unfinished basement so we could just finish it to our liking and needs and I'm just really looking forward to that process. We have been really going ham on that vision board and just coming up with all the scenarios and wishful thinking Um, so it'll be fun to collaborate with an actual designer and actually see that sort of come to life. I found a podcast called Frozen Head by Wondery. I binged it all in a day and it was really good. It's like six episodes. I think it's about 40 minutes each so you can get it done in a work day if you're able to listen to a podcast while you work, uh, which is what I did. It was really interesting. Highly recommend if you're in the market for a new podcast. Another podcast that was recommended to me fairly recently is Scamfluencers which I'm also really loving and I'm also binging. So I've been like really digesting a lot of podcast content lately. <laughs> um, okay, so here's one of my random thoughts that I think about at least once a week. I really wish that I could get that feeling again of seeing an amazing movie for the first time. You know when you're like in the theater, for example, and you just feel completely enveloped in the world that you're watching? You feel like you're a part of it, like you've been entirely swept away. And then when the movie ends, you're like, what just happened? Where am I? Who am I? How can I get back in that world? It's actually very similar to having like a really good dream one you just don't want to wake up from. And then it becomes stuck in your mind like all day, all night, all week. You know the drill, right? And then maybe you can get that same effect like ever so slightly the second time you watch it because while you do know what's coming, you're able to pay attention to some of the other things that were going on that you might have missed the first time around. But there really isn't, anything quite like that very first time. But you know that feeling, right? It's kind of indescribable, at least for me. It's like this weird phenomenon. Um, Yeah, it, it blows my mind. Actually, let me just look it up. Let me see if it's a thing. Okay, one article here, based on a very quick search, calls this narrative transportation. Narrative transportation enables us to immerse ourselves in fictional worlds and offers a form of escapism from the monotony of everyday life. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Though the words immersive and escapism almost don't feel strong enough. <laughs> it's like even more intense than, than that. There are only like a small handful of movies that I can think of off the top of my head that have done this for me. I would be so curious to know, A, if you've experienced this too, but also like what movies have done this to you. But for me, the biggest standouts were um, Avatar. That's the first one. I was absolutely mind-blown when I saw that movie the first time, and I just could not stop thinking about it. Um, It completely impregnated itself into my head. Um, It was all I could think about for several weeks. And I ended up seeing it like three times in theaters, but nothing hits like that very first time. It's just... Oh it's like it's like a drug. <laughs> it's it's really intense. Um and then actually very similarly, Interstellar was another one. I think everyone was blown away by that one the first time. I questioned my very existence after watching that movie and I ended up also seeing that one several times in theaters. Um but also like Hans Zimmer like that will always make any movie the most intense thing you've ever seen. Um, And I do think seeing a movie in theaters increases the impact of this narrative transportation phenomenon (laughs) too, because like the giant screen just sweeps you into that world even more so. But I have experienced it watching something from home too. I think, you know, a couple episodes of Black Mirror might have done this for me. Um, Inside by Bo Burnham. Oof, that one caused like an entire hyperfixation. <laughs> that that one did something to my brain chemistry. Oh, I could probably dive in real deep with that one. Actually, I even did bring that up in therapy once like that movie. It was just it was it was doing something to me. Um, and still is, frankly. But again, it's not like the very first time you see it. That's that's a different experience. And most recently, episode 3 of The Last of Us, if you haven't watched it, um get there you can plow through those first two episodes that third one ooh that got a hold of my feelings in a way that i haven't felt in a long time and yeah that that gave me some feels all right i'm going to take a little break here and then we will jump into the topic of today's episode This episode might end up sounding a lot like, woe is me, feel bad for me, pity me, but let me just preface this to say that I have been working with a psychotherapist for over a year and I continue to see her, so I've worked through a lot of these things and I am in a much better place now. However, the trauma of it all still exists and I don't throw that word around lightly, at least for me and my experience. It has been a little bit traumatic so far. Um, So perhaps trigger warning, if you are in any way sensitive to the topic of motherhood or parenthood, or you're about to be a new mom, or you are a new mom, and you just really can't add to the stress that perhaps already exists for you, um, maybe this isn't the episode to listen to. But I will also say that this is genuinely my experience. It's not to say that this it will be the same for everyone. I hope that uh, that goes without saying, but I said it anyway. I feel like I just haven't necessarily had... The chance or the platform or the space or even a person to really dive into these things besides my therapist. So I'm probably going to complain a lot about my experience thus far as a mother, but I will also talk a lot about the positives too towards the end. Um, but I want to put it out there that i'm I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for apologies or anything like that. If anything, I just want you to take away that if you know a mom or a soon to be mom or, your own mother, just give them a little bit of extra grace. If it's your inclination to offer your help, just give the help instead of offering it because they're probably not going to ask for it nine times out of 10. Making them a meal or bringing them a meal is probably the best thing you could do to be quite honest or just come and like vacuum or do a load of laundry, some dishes, clean their bed sheets, (laughs) that all those things would be pretty great. So, I think I'll break this down into a couple different sections just to keep myself on track. So I'm going to discuss the mental shift of becoming a mother, the isolation, and the physical changes. So mentally, I've been really struggling overall. I have suffered from anxiety and depression for the bulk of my life. And after having my daughter, I only now in retrospect realize that I definitely had postpartum depression and didn't realize or acknowledge it because there was so much else going on in the world that the way I felt in that moment, it felt justified and it felt like everybody was experiencing the same turmoil. So like, why am I any different here? As I sort of alluded to in my first episode, I had a very difficult time feeling like a mom. Everything felt like a job that I didn't want to do. Everything felt strained and there was very little joy. I was not present. I was constantly looking forward to the next opportunity to get a break or looking forward to that next nap rather than soaking in those precious moments of my daughter being an infant that needed me so much. And even just saying this now, like as factual as I am, it's really sad because new moms... Usually have this like profound joy about this new little person in their lives and they're just so overwhelmed with love and gratitude and I didn't feel any of that. I also felt like I didn't have the guidance that I needed. I Definitely didn't have the support that I needed and by that I mean community Everyone says it takes a village and it absolutely does. We see that everywhere in nature Less than a century ago, we would have giant families in small towns where the entire town contributed to the raising of each other's children and families. Everyone knew each other's names. Everyone grew up together knowing the same people. Life was a lot smaller and more contained. And while this still very, very much exists in all parts of the world, life is now lived a lot bigger. We're more spread apart and we do this alone or at least in a much more isolated way than we've evolved to do. I think society as a whole has so, so much work to do to prepare people and women specifically on what it entails to have children. So many of us women don't talk about the stresses and anxieties and difficulties of being a mother because there's quite a bit of shame around it. Our bodies are designed to do this, and that part is mostly straightforward, but there is just so much pressure to get it right. It's falling further and further away from it taking a village, and people are feeling more and more like it's their sole responsibility to raise the perfect human and do all the right things and teach all the right things at the exact right time with the exact right tools, with the exact right words and terminology. It is just So much pressure. And it's also because we have access to so much more information. We're sharing so much more. So I think that's definitely part of it. But I think the most profound thing that I simply just had no exposure to is how you as a person fundamentally change. And it's not even necessarily by choice, it's like it's forced upon you. It's a change that no one can predict how it will impact you. Some people are very much the same after having a child. But there will always be a part, whether it's significant or not, that does change. And that change is not something that anyone ever really told me. Just going back to that village piece again, I was recently watching a documentary about baby animals in the wild, and a part of it was showing a herd of elephants and the little babies that the mothers were so very protective of because it takes them two years, I think it is, to gestate these little babies Um, so they will do everything in their power to protect them and in this one part the herd of elephants was trying to cross a river that had a really heavy current and it showed how this one mother with her new baby was very much hesitant to cross the river despite the rest of the herd getting across fairly successfully but she knew that her baby was really small and that she risked losing her baby in the current. And then just as she feared, the baby got swept away and loads of panic ensued. Don't worry, she was able to catch the baby, but you could just see the fear in her eyes. And then once she caught the baby and was able to hold her up with her trunk and ensure that the baby's head was above the water, and it was stable enough to move forward, a bunch of the other elephants were rushing to this mother to help so that they could sort of create this barrier between the mother and the baby so that the baby was in between like a bunch of these adult elephants and couldn't get swept away again. And it just felt like such an interesting visual of what I was experiencing with my newborn. Like, we both got swept away in chaos because I didn't know how to take care of her. I felt unprepared to do it, even though she was very intentionally brought into our lives. Like I was ready to have a baby when I did, but postpartum, my mental capacity just did not feel like I was able to manage it. So not only was she being swept away in the current, but so was I. And I just felt like we were both trying to keep our heads above water, but there was no other elephants coming to our rescue. We just had to keep on trying and keep on keeping on and doing everything within our power to stay there. But really feeling like we were drowning and becoming exhausted at the same time. So I had a 12-month maternity leave, and the week after she turned one years old is when I returned to work. And it took me so much longer than I would have thought to feel comfortable being back. I would hazard a guess to say it was about six months before I actually felt like I was being any type of productive, and now I've got two full-time jobs, and I barely felt like I could do either one of them independently, so now combining them, I just entirely felt like a failure. I cried so much, so often. It was really sad when I look back on that time, and I really reached a breaking point at the start of 2022. I think that's when the depression was just really undeniable at that point. I couldn't even bring myself to smile. Everything just felt so painful emotionally. And it took a friend of mine over social media, not even in person, (laughs) to reach out and just say like, I'm going to find you some help. I'm going to help you because I know how hard it is. And she did. She found me a therapist. She gave me that last tiny little push that I needed to call someone because I actually knew who I could call and when you're in that state of despair like you can't even fathom making a phone call yet alone finding someone to call it all just feels so overwhelming and impossible so to spoil the ending I made that call and I was able to connect with a therapist and things got a lot better after that but it did take a while and it did take a lot of work but I absolutely love my therapist and I'm so thankful for her. And then I also went back on antidepressants in 2022 because the issues were more than therapy could solve. Um, And that too was tremendously helpful in the end, and things felt better after that. But, you know, coming back and looking at this more holistically, mentally, I am a completely different person since becoming a mother. My anxiety has been through the roof. I have a hard enough time looking after myself, but Having to look after someone else's well-being all the time on top of my own, I just don't feel capable. But I really didn't feel capable when she was a newborn and I was in the thick of it. Even when I would sit in the comfy recliner that I bought specifically for nursing, I would have my little baby in my arms and I was so disconnected. It wasn't a moment that I cherished. It was almost like I had this cloud of fear surrounding me, raining on me, where I'm constantly wondering... Is she getting enough? Is she growing? Is she feeling fed? Is she feeling satisfied? Does she feel like she's protected? Is she feeling nurtured? I was questioning everything, and I was questioning things that were absolutely outside of my control or that I would ever get an answer to, and I really had to lean on my intuition and just hope for the best. I do think a lot of other parents, and moms in particular, could relate to this, especially with your first baby. I think there's a universal agreement that we all don't know what we're doing and we're all just hoping that we're doing things right. But having a mental illness on top of all those natural postpartum worries, it's just everything is amplified to a degree that feels truly unbearable. When I would sit and nurse my daughter, I would actually just pull out my Nintendo Switch and I would play video games and that's when I fell in love with Animal Crossing. (laughs) I spent a lot of time playing Animal Crossing while I would nurse because my daughter would nurse for a very long time. Like She would really take her time with it. On average, it would probably be anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and a half to feed her. So I spent a lot of time in that chair. But I think it's a matter of wrapping my head around the fact that At that time, I felt like I was the only one who could provide that nourishment for her. And while I understand that I completely had the option to use like formula or pump and things like that, we did try that, but it just felt like more work and it didn't feel worth it. But that was also my anxiety talking where I felt like I had to control as much as possible. But, you know, it is a lot of work to have someone else be able to feed your child when you are nursing. I remember waking up in the middle of the night multiple times to feed her and while I was so grateful that my husband would wake up every single time with me and help me get set up and do diaper changes and whatnot and then he'd go back to bed and I would just sit in that chair across from him and so badly wish that I could be lying down and closing my eyes instead of sitting in that chair uncomfortably with my back throbbing. Can I just add my back completely broke from having a child. It got extremely painful while I was pregnant for obvious reasons. It's a lot of weight to carry in the front of you all of a sudden. But then I ended up having back labor as well, which I never, ever want to experience again. And then like all of the things that come with being a new mom, holding your baby all the time, like being in positions that you never were doing before. So naturally you're using like different muscles in areas that you're not used to, but For my daughter, it felt like all the things that soothed her involved a lot of rocking and bouncing and that just never felt good. It got to this point where it was just excruciating all the time and I found very little relief. So like that was just an aside that really sucked and I think that made the experience a lot worse because I physically just did not feel great ever. But yeah, anxiety was high, depression was intensifying, and it was just really difficult for me to feel joy, especially in that first year. I wish I had noticed it sooner, in retrospect, of course, but there was so much else going on that I honestly didn't consider that that wasn't normal. I thought all new moms just feel unhappy like that, but that's not true. You should be able to smile, you should be able to feel present, you should feel supported, and you should feel like you can breathe and that you still have some sense of freedom and independence. And if you don't feel that way, you need help. Tell your doctor, tell a trusted friend, tell your partner, anybody, and just try to get the support you need. It doesn't have to be that hard. It will be hard, but it shouldn't feel impossible. That goes for just everyday living. If living feels impossible, tell someone get some help. You deserve the help. Now stemming off from my poor mental state, I was also experiencing intense isolation. I'll touch on a couple things that I said in the first episode again and just elaborate further, but this isolation was of course a result of COVID. My maternity leave was entirely spent in lockdown where I was witnessing business after business closing and Clothing and grocery stores having capacity limits if they were open at all. Restaurants were closed, malls closed, any indoor place that one might consider leisurely walking through just to pass time was closed. Speaking of back pain, I couldn't even see a chiropractor because they were closed. All I could do was go outside for a walk, maybe go to the park. Other than that, I watched TV. I couldn't even go for a drive, which I love doing. I love driving around because my daughter absolutely hated the car. So it was just easier on everyone to avoid it (laughs) instead. But there was nothing to do. I missed out on so many things that I thought would make being on maternity leave enjoyable. Things that I had planned to do while I was on maternity leave. Things like playdates, yoga classes, baby groups, opportunities to meet other moms. Even just sitting in a coffee shop or hanging out in a library, uh, maybe baby swim lessons. These were all things that I envisioned while I was pregnant. And literally any of those things I was not able to do. The silver lining is that my husband also had to stay home to work. So at least I had him around more than I would have otherwise. But at the same time, this experience is the only one we know. We don't know any different. We can, of course, imagine how things could have been better or different without this isolation, but it's not like we have anything to compare it to, which is just a really weird mind game in a way. Isolation was the only thing I knew. So as things started to open up again and we could do things like go to a restaurant or browse a store, it felt Really overwhelming very quickly and caused even more anxiety because neither my daughter nor myself had experience doing those things out in the world, so to speak. So we had to like train and practice and it took a long time to get it right. It was just all messy and it took a long time to get comfortable with leaving the house and just doing anything outside of it. Uh, it still is <laughs> quite honestly it's very it's very difficult to leave the house with a toddler and like make sure that you have everything and anything you might possibly need but we're at least at a place now where she can communicate and I can communicate with her in a way that she understands but with an infant there's very little communication so it was very difficult. And it also wasn't just suddenly free game either, right? Like more lockdowns or restrictions returned, mandated masks, and just the general sense of feeling like everything is dirty. And when you have a one-year-old that touches and licks everything, it's like, why am I inviting this complexity and stress into my life that is already stressful and complex? Um yeah it was it was just a lot so it actually just occurred to me a couple days ago that I have never used the diaper changing table in a public washroom (laughs) because by the time we were able to go out long enough to require a bathroom break she was potty trained so yeah it's been it's been a hell of a time okay I'm going to take another break and then we will dive into those dreaded physical changes (laughs) I thought of another sort of random thing that I wanted to just throw in there. I didn't quite know where it fit in my sort of outline of things that I wanted to cover, but um it's on on daycare. So we really wanted to enroll our daughter into Montessori, but she wasn't able to start there until she was 18 months old. So we needed to find daycare for her for that 6 month period of time. So we went through the channels that we needed to go through with the city. It's like this whole registration process and we found someone relatively close by, but you know because of COVID, We couldn't even enter her home to see what the space was like. We only had pictures. And it was just such a strange experience to hand off this little person that you've grown to love and adore and be so protective of for the last 12 months and then just like hand her to a stranger wearing a mask and not know what comes after that. But at the same time, I must reiterate, that's all I knew and had nothing to compare it to. It was still very bizarre and felt like a very odd experience. I just didn't know what my daughter was doing where she was I don't know it was just bizarre and again I it's a pretty small percentage of people who got to experience a setup like that where like you're just you're just hoping for the best (laughs) because that's all that anybody was doing at that time so yeah that that was weird. Um, She did end up going to Montessori at 18 months and has been there since. And that's been going great. But even then, uh, at the Montessori school, like normally you would get a tour of the place and you'd walk around and you'd meet the teachers and all that normal stuff. But everything was done virtually. We didn't get to see the space. I didn't even enter the school until she had been there for over a year. Uh, And yeah, like she had this whole life inside of that building That we just never got to see or know or understand and again it's just it's bizarre it's just really bizarre okay so transitioning into these physical changes i have never really outwardly said that i don't like my body but i'm saying it now i don't like my body and i never really have and i've learned recently that i have had body dysmorphia for the bulk of my adult life And what sucks is that I feel like I'm at a particularly low point right now as we speak. In fact, I'm definitely at my lowest point. (laughs) Ideally, things don't get lower and they only go up from here. But yeah, I'm stating this publicly. I feel like absolute crap and I have never been more self-conscious or ashamed of how I currently feel in this shell of a body. There, I said it. I will follow that up with, This year, I will take better care of myself, I will move my body, I will drink more water, I will fuel my body with the nutrients it needs and deserves, and not only so that I feel better, but so that I can confidently and comfortably navigate life with my child. I don't want to have any regrets of things I didn't do with her because I was ashamed of how I felt. When I look back at what I looked like 3 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I wish I could tell that version of me, how beautiful I looked, that there was nothing to be ashamed of. And I shouldn't have wasted so much time fixating on things that I saw in the mirror that weren't there. Because it's like, now, (laughs) now it's here. And I have to laugh because it's so nonsensical. Like, when I was whatever 145 pounds I was ashamed all the time self-conscious of that little tummy pooch that I'd always had it was always on my mind I was always aware of it and trying to hide it and now I'm 20 pounds heavier with stretch marks and loose skin and that once tiny little tummy pooch is five times the size (laughs) and I don't understand how that was so upsetting to me before because now it's upsetting it's so very upsetting now and it really was not back then. So this is also a bit of a gut check. Sabrina, like stop it, reel it in, change the mindset. Let's get over this fear. Let's get over this shame. Let's learn to love the body and all of the good that it does for us and for others. We're gonna be okay. Now my body has of course completely changed since having a child, but I think it changed a lot more than I was expecting. I think that also pairs with just the nature of having been isolated for so long as well. Like, thank you, COVID. Once again, everyone got that little like COVID-15 that we all talked about. I feel like I got maybe a COVID-30. I don't know. (laughs) But I just very much feel like I am in a slump and I just cannot get out of it. And my mind is thinking about it constantly. I have never experienced the level of shame around my body that I currently do. Like, I cringe. I do not like looking in the mirror. I absolutely never feel comfortable, and I'm just extremely self-conscious. All of the clothes that I currently own are oversized and frumpy because they hide what I'm feeling shame around, but at the same time oversized is comfortable and that's like a weird juxtaposition I feel like my wardrobe also did like a complete 360 in the last three years between my body changing my size changing but also working from home where I no longer have anywhere to go so it's like if I'm buying something new I'm buying it purely for comfort because I sit at home all day and I work from home and I'm not gonna wear jeans ever inside of my home that is for sure so everything I own is like athleisure leggings oversized t-shirts oversized sweaters and then when I do actually have to go somewhere it's pure panic and anxiety and I just feel <laughs> awful about it. I do feel though and I don't think I'm over exaggerating when I say that it's more than just the shape and size of my body that's changed but like I feel like since having a child all of my internal components have also changed. It's like my skin reacts differently to things now. I get acne in different places. I sweat way way more than I ever ever used to. the point where like it's a problem i've seen doctors about it and i can't figure it out i feel this constant bloat that never goes away and it's very uncomfortable i feel like i'm sick all the time and that and that could be because i have a toddler and they're like full of germs but i feel like it's just like my body can't recover the way it used to and maybe that's also coming with age i don't know and i know it's not necessary to lay blame on the reasoning behind any of these things but i can't help but wonder how things would have been different had COVID not happened, because I don't know how much of it is based around how my life and lifestyle have changed as a result of it, but also based around like having a child. There's no way for me to sort of decipher the differences, not that I need to, but it's it would be nice to know sort of <laughs> the root of a lot of these changes. This is just, you know, a public statement, a public forum to just say like, Sabrina, We need to get it together and it's going to be hard work, but you got to start somewhere. And now I am all for bodies of all shapes and sizes and that we should just be comfortable with who we are in the present. But I do also fully acknowledge that I have been lazy. I used to be very, very active for a large part of my life and I have not been that same kind of active in the last, let's say, five years or so. I do also believe that my depression and anxiety have contributed to this and just that like overall lack of motivation. um, It's not easy. Bodies ebb and flow. They go up, they go down, they expand, they shrink. Those are all very normal things. There is nothing to be ashamed of, but I do really need to look inward and have that same feeling for myself. There's just something about being in your skin and when you're uncomfortable with it, it's it's just all consuming. It's all you think about. Sabrina, do the hard work. Let's go. Start moving. The more you move, the better you'll feel. The more water you drink, the better you'll feel. And like, seriously, just hydrate. I am absolutely despicable at drinking water. I wouldn't even care to admit how much water I drink because it's you know, very unhealthy. (laughs) If there is one area in my life that I have full control over that I could make better, it's drinking more water. And I don't know what it will take to get me to do it. Something else I've noticed about this podcast thus far is that it's really tricky for me to sort of Know what to say or talk about next because you know, if you're having a conversation with someone, they're usually asking questions or they'll raise a point or a topic or something that you can just keep branching off from and you just jive in that conversation. There's a lot of back and forth, but when you're alone, there's no questions being asked, so you don't really know where else to go. (laughs) So it's almost like maybe I should start preparing like questions for myself, almost like I'm preparing for an interview for myself, I don't know. If there's something that I brought up today that I should expand on further, please let me know. Also fun fact. right now as I'm recording this, I have 99 plays of my podcast. So hopefully by the time this one goes out, I'll have had over a hundred listens by them. So that's kind of fun. That's a fun little milestone. <laughs> Thank you everybody. Okay, so I think that's where I'll leave things for today's topic. Let's just be kind to one another, have empathy, work hard, but don't get sucked into that hustle culture and just show up and do our best. That's all that we should expect of ourselves. I'm going to take another little break and then we will come back and read a letter to you. Okay, I totally forgot that I was going to circle this back and talk about some really great things about being a mother. Because how depressing would it be for this entire episode to just be how crappy it is? Okay, so my daughter is a genius. (laughs) I feel like every parent thinks that. I mean, they must. Every parent thinks that their child is the absolute best. But let me tell you, mine is the absolute best. (laughs) She is so adorable. She was so well-behaved as an infant overall, and we were able to sleep train her, if you believe that that's possible, (laughs) but she was a really good sleeper pretty much until we swapped her crib for a big girl bed, and then everything kind of went a little bit downhill from there, but as an infant, as a newborn, she was really, really good. She was a very happy baby. She still is. She only cried if she needed something. She was never the kind of baby to just cry endlessly. She wasn't colicky or anything like that. And more than anything, a huge positive is that she's healthy. She's perfectly healthy and I'm so grateful for that. Another fun thing is her hair didn't really start getting long until she was about 18 months old. And it was only then that we discovered that she had curly hair, which was such a fun surprise. And it's so beautiful. I absolutely love her curly hair but it does require maintenance because it can get really unruly very fast. (laughs) She has such a personality and she seemed to have developed it really early on. I feel like she's always been the same. She's hilarious. She has an amazing sense of humor. We're also pretty sure that she's an extrovert. At least right now, she pushes us outside of our comfort zone sometimes. And I'm sure she will continue to... But she is just such a happy-go-lucky lady. She's incredibly smart. I have been constantly blown away by how smart she is. And her articulation of words is incredible to me. Again, I know a lot of parents say this about their own children. But I do think that she speaks unbelievably well for her age. The way she gravitates towards certain interests is super fascinating. I think it's really neat to see how she likes certain things without any pressure or even much exposure to it. It's like she sees the color pink once and suddenly she's obsessed with it. (laughs) Or she might see a YouTube video of someone wearing a puffy skirt and interesting shoes and then we teach her that that's what ballerinas wear and... Then she becomes obsessed with ballet and she loves watching ballerinas and she's fascinated by their dresses and their shoes and she mimics their dancing despite never taking a dance class, but she like fully thinks she's a ballerina. It's adorable. She's always received loads of compliments from her teachers at her Montessori school and she participates really well. She's very adaptable and kind and we actually learned from her teachers that she's Incredibly empathetic. She feels all the feels that other people feel, and she's so considerate and worried about what other people (laughs) are feeling and just wants to make sure that everybody's okay all the time to the point where she even struggles to say sorry. Overall, I am just so profoundly proud of her, and I force myself to recognize that that's in large part to me being a good parent. Being a mom doesn't necessarily feel natural to me. It has been so much processing and just consistently trying to remind myself that I am doing exactly what I need to be doing for her. I am what she needs and I'm doing a good job and she's succeeding. She's growing. She's healthy. She's, she's happy. She's thriving. And I feel very, very lucky to be her mother. And I can't imagine it being any other way. The only thing I hope to change is just my own mindset, my own outlook, my own attitude towards this. And I just want to be as present as humanly possible so that she has a role model to look up to and that I'm somebody that she wants to be like when she grows up. I want her to be my best friend. I want her to trust me. I want her to feel safe with me always and forever. I want to be that person for her the one who will be there every step of the way in whatever way she needs. I want to give her the best life that I can give her. And again, I want no regrets. I want to live this life fully with her. All right, let's move on to today's letter. This is from subreddit r slash unsent letters titled Quantum Entanglement. They write, There is a vast distance between us But we are actually never apart, we are tethered, through space and time. Our hearts linked by an invisible thread, a thread only you and I can feel. One that pulls us back together even when we resist or attempt to go our separate ways. A cosmic rubber band that serves to remind us of what we truly are. We are connected through our dreams, through the music we play, the words we read, the people who cross our paths. It is not our physical bodies that created our love. It's not the touch of your hand, or thoughtful gestures, or the way you made me laugh that filled me with all this love. It was our souls recognizing each other, like a soft whisper beckoning me home that made me fall for your physical form. In reality, I don't know you all that well, yet somehow I also know you too well. I can see through the person you portray yourself to be, through all the flaws that closed you off from me. None of it matters when all I see is your light, even through your darkness, but your body isn't you and my body isn't me. Our physical selves are distractions from the truth that this love persists and endures no matter where we are on this earth, no matter what we do, because a part of you already lives within me. That's pretty fucking special if you ask me. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next time. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If there's a particular topic that might be of interest to you that you'd like me to touch on, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at the Little Bean Pod, And as always, you're welcome to just reach out to tell me how you liked the episode. And with that, I'm the Little Bean, and this is my pod. Twinkle, twinkle, little star... How I wonder what you are. Wrap up up the world so high. Like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Now your turn.